0: Hello and welcome to episode nineteen of Salopcast. Um, myself Ollie, and as always, Glenn. How are you doing?
1: I'm okay, Ollie. It's uh, yeah, good weekend with the FA Cup results. So, looking forward to the FA Cup draw tomorrow, mate.
0: Yeah, no, it'd be nice to be in the draw again. Hopefully, <laughs> we can get an interesting tie. Um, yeah, the, the draw has been a little bit boring so far, but we've progressed, and that's the main thing. Yes. Um. So yeah, podcast today. We will go through obviously the Mansfield game, and then we've got a few interesting discussion points to go through um, when we get to kind of the Salop news, Salop mm. debate. Um, so a few interesting things to discuss there so one game and so yeah, shouldn't be too long one.
1: No, it'd be nice. To, I think we were just saying it's coming up to that busy Christmas period, really, isn't it? And we were thinking of getting a guest on, and, and we thought actually that's, that's to go a little bit uh, light this week and have a little palate cleanser for the rest of the the action that's coming up for the rest of December and into the start of January. So it, it is this hectic period now, and obviously still being in the cup, Ollie. It's gonna be another game we've got to fit in somewhere and move move some fixtures around. So yeah, Ricketts will be moaning about not having fresh players again soon, mate. <laughs>
0: we've got plenty of players, so yeah, <laughs> and obviously January transfer windows coming up soon, yes. so we've got that to talk about at some point. Yeah. So lots to yeah, do. lots to discuss, and obviously a busy December. So yeah, hopefully it should be a good one for the club.
1: Good stuff. Right, on, we will move on to Shrewsbury Town versus Mansfield. Jake Pipton's interception fell kindly into the path of substitute Scott Vernon, who teed up Collins to fire the guests into the lead. So Shrewsbury
0: Town two Mansfield 0. Took a while to score, but we did in the end, and we got the result we needed. Mm-hmm. So um, Norburn got sent off in the 60th minute. <laughs> Laurent um, scored in the 88th minute and then Walker unreal um, with a cool cool finish yep. in the 95th minute so a couple of changes for this, this week Lynn for the team so yeah who who started
1: yeah I, I, one thing we should just say we talked a bit at, at Lent last week about who should be dropped didn't we we had a sort of segment on that and um, you know obviously I think we both identified Beckles and Murphy to, to possibly get dropped I think from remembering back to yep. I certainly said that and yeah they, they definitely dropped out both of those so yeah Leary started in goal and
0: we wanted to see Edwards playing in a we certain did. role as yeah, well. we
1: did. So obviously obviously people are listening to us again, Ollie. Maybe not. Um yeah, but a starting goal and then we had the back three of Williams, um, Ebanks, Landell and Pierre. And then Love and Goldbourne kept their places as the wing-backs. And then the midfield three was Laurent and Norburn, with Edwards possibly a little bit more advanced. And then Cummings and Okanabiri up front as a two, which was, again, a little bit of a change in terms of playing two strikers. So, yeah, i say we kind of... The things we thought were going to happen actually did happen, which is which is interesting. We're not normally always so accurate, Ollie, But um, I, I think I was, I was glad to see that back line in there. I think everyone's had a break, really, other than Beckles recently. So I think it was possibly his turn to maybe sit out. So... I, Maybe it was based on the performance last week, but also, you know, he's got he's got to have his rest as well, I guess, with this busy period coming up.
0: Yeah, it's the team that we wanted and the yeah, team that we're definitely. expecting. I think it's probably our best three central defenders. And I think there's a nice balance as well with Pierre and Willem supported by E-Banks.
1: Mm, yeah, possibly, possibly. And I think Max has, you know, lost his place through injury and, and probably deserved to get it back last week because of what he'd been doing and that obviously gave him an excuse for that error that Murphy made so um certainly glad to see him back and, and you like Dave and well I like Dave everybody likes Dave and everyone's glad to see Dave playing so yeah def- uh, strongest team I don't know uh, that's probably a, a debate for another day but is that our strongest team I don't know Wally
0: pretty close to it mm, not far off is it yeah I think it probably is our strongest team Wally um, yeah Wally missing but I think having two the two best strikers in the team definitely yes Giles gives a lot going forward yeah, but yeah. we're a lot more secure um, having Goldborn at left wing back, and he's still a good player going forward.
1: Yeah, that comparison Goldborn and Giles is so much closer than we thought it would be after ten games this season, where Giles was sort of tearing up trees, and then he faded and has got injury injured as he an and has been struggling to get his place back. I suppose so. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of our strong teams. And and when I saw the lineup, Ollie, you know, I was already reasonably confident we'd win because Mansfield are not much cop this season in in, the, in League Two. I thought I saw that team, I thought two strikers, Edwards behind him, you know, Laurent on form, Norburn sort of sitting in and maybe a little bit deeper. I thought, yep, yeah, we'll, we'll walk this. We'll probably be ahead by half-time. But I didn't realise we'd have to wait quite so long for the goals, Oli, in the end. Yeah, and
0: this is fun enough. This is like, I think it might be the first time or it's been a while since we've actually played with a number 10 and two midfield. And this is how I thought we'd play in pre-season. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's taken us quite a while to get here. Maybe this has been Ricketts' plan, evolution through building a defensive solid base and obviously playing a League 2 team. But yeah, finally playing that number 10 role with two central midfielders. You don't need a sitter when you've got three central defenders. So yeah, I was pleased with the team selection.
1: Especially against Mansfield. I, I doubt he's going to... I'd be, I'd be interested to see if he plays two strikers up front in this kind of formation in a league game. I think maybe he thought FA Cup at home to a League 2 team. I can show that maybe we can go for it a little bit more. But um, it was interesting because even though we had those more attacking players... I'm going to be brutally honest about it. The first half was trash. Again, it was pretty dull. The first half, wasn't it, in terms of the game, and there wasn't much attacking intent by both teams. A lot of passing around in midfield. I, I honestly, at half time, I thought it was an awful game, mate. I know we'll go through what happened, but you know, even with all that, that excitement about seeing that lineup, it didn't quite come to fruition straight away, did it? No,
0: it was, it was. It was yeah, let's go through the first half quite quickly. um... The game was pretty turgid, and um, they were playing three at the back, um, kind of matching each other up in terms of in terms of formation and shape. Yeah, um, I'd say we kind of if you had to, if it was a boxing match, then Salah definitely won the first half on points. Um, mm, yeah, yeah good it. runs from Edwards and Laurent was. He had his radar on in terms of finding the pass because he found Edwards in those pockets quite a few times, yep. which was really good. Um, and then I'd say probably best two chances came from from Love um, pushing down on the right, so a cross in from his left foot that shows how much confidence he has these days mm-hmm. and Edwards fails to get his shot on target oh, and then kind of similar kind of a cross into the box and Cummings fails to react which I thought was a surprise.
1: Yeah, it was a really good cross that one, sort of late on in the half, wasn't it? And I I think I put onto it, I thought he'd, he'd missed a sitter really but from some of the South Stand reaction um, that I've seen after the game and obviously the, the replay as well, I think Love maybe just got a tiny, you know, 1-2% extra pace on the ball that meant Cummings just couldn't quite reach it. Yeah. It's a shame because it, it was a tapping won not it you know what I mean and and it was just a little side foot into the back of the net and if we would have gone ahead then maybe we would have gone on and, and won it more comfortably you know earlier on in the game but um, yeah it, yeah, it was interesting I mean the first half to me as we've just said was, wasn't great I think that my observation was that sadly coming to Nakunabiri didn't look like a partnership Ollie, would you agree with that?
0: I think it was their first game together. Yeah, though. I know. But... And they didn't have much service, did they? to no, that's fair. Sure. No. Like, how many times did they get the ball to feet, opportunity to pass around? It was a, it was a really odd game. And um, interestingly, actually, let's go to this now. So, yeah, I, I put a comment out saying that in terms of number of passes, which is possession, that Mansfield were edging it. They were, which yeah. Which is, and, and the reason I made that point was because playing against a League Two side at home. You would expect to have more possession than the opposition. Mm. I'm not saying obviously that possession's everything. It was just a simple pointer that uh, Mansfield were having more of the ball than us, which, considering their fifteenth in League Two, as was not a good um, indictment of how Shrewsbury Town were performing.
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't. To be fair, and, and um, as you say, we shaded it on points maybe because I think we had maybe better openings, not chances, I wouldn't say. But you know, I think we maybe had one or two. We shut sh-
0: them out well, though, didn't we? To be f- in, in, in a positive sense, defensively, we were very resolute. And we worked throughout the whole game.
1: We say, we say that most weeks, don't we? I mean, last week was yeah. the aberration. And we said this last week, didn't we? That, oh, we've conceded four at home. I said to we've you last week...
0: We've got a couple of yeah. outliers, haven't we, in this season. Exactly. Um, but hopefully there won't be too many of those. And there definitely will be true outliers.
1: Yeah. Um, That's more the defensive performance we're used to. And yeah. we will continue to see, I'm sure, of it. Because they found it really hard to break us down. Maynard... Occasionally looked a little bit handy and he thought if someone was going to break us down or find a little tricky pass around the back of them, they would. But all in all, they, they looked pretty average. But but so did we all honestly in the first half. And and the reason I brought up going back to what I mentioned, we went a bit off that. I was talking about Cummins and um, Beery. I think you know they could be a good partnership together. Potent- potentially, the pace and the the trickery of those two would be difficult for some League One defenses to deal with. But I am worried about Cummins. The more I watch him, he's cutting a quite a frustrated figure. I think during games um, because I think he thinks that he's making the runs he should be making, and we're playing in a way that isn't really isn't really working for that. And. I was, it was interesting. I was talking to my brother earlier on today, and he was like, we're, we're just not sort of playing to his strengths, I don't think. Um, and, you know, it's typical She's return, isn't it, to, to get a really good striker in, someone that's probably a bit more of a pedigree striker than we're used to over the last 10 years, and, and just completely nullify them. You know, had a really good burst of goals when he first came in, and now is, is cutting sort of this, this sort of sideline figure during games. It's It must be hell, hellishly frustrating for him, and I, I personally just think there's so much more there that we still haven't tapped into.
0: Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree with your points. I would yeah. say... Bit more time maybe for yeah, him
1: to yeah. kind of settle
0: down and and perform, but yeah, I totally agree with the sentiment that he's probably frustrated. He looks frustrated, and um, when he's playing and when he comes and he gets substituted, but he keeps working hard. Yes, he hopefully. does. Hopefully, hopefully, especially with a number ten playing and the team gets a bit more used to each other, that we can have that. Obviously, we can't keep saying that forever. No, Um but yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting if we play this. Well, obviously, dependent on. Um, Norbert suspension but it would be nice to have played this, this midfield three for a few games and the two strikers for them to build a bit of relationship
1: I mean that's seven, go- seven games since he's come scored so that's probably quite a long run for him yeah, I'd imagine as, as a regular scorer uh, um, it's not quite as long as Scott Goldbourne hasn't scored for I don't know if you saw the statistic <laughs> I put yeah, out I there this week but I was going back to sort of have a look at the longest period of time since our players have scored and obviously you know some of some of these defenders play a lot of games and don't score but Scott Goldbourne's now played 168 games Ollie, 2,212 get days since he last scored he last scored in November 2013 I mean my oh god that's a long time ago so if Scott Goldborn scores this season I'm on the pitch Ollie. it'll be a, a cr- tremendous moment and
0: it would be nice for <laughs> Rochelle Williams to score as well his yes. first goal
1: yeah yeah. there's a few on there and Vincent hasn't scored for about 45 games over over. Th- so he scored last 2017 same for Donald Love so yeah I'm, I'm now looking at that I want those three to get some goals obviously Vincent is not going to get one with his injury but um yeah, it yeah, I thought it was interesting. So yeah, Cummins can be on a, on a streak of seven and be frustrated, but Scott Goldborn must be must be worried about it. But um yeah, all in all that yeah, was just go on.
0: Just one more comment I want to talk about the first half. So um, there was a the um, number four precedent for uh Mansfield is booked. And it really winds me up when players do this. He refused to come to the referee. Oh yeah. So he just kept walking off, walking off, and walking off. I don't know. For me, that's just it's, one. It's disrespectful for the referee. One, it time wastes. And for me, it's just yeah. I just don't like to see that. Maybe I'm, I don't know being a bit of an old fuddy duddy, but for me, it's not the kind of behaviour you like to see. Um, it's it's not really respect um, respecting the official
1: yeah I hate it as well it's a bit disrespectful isn't it and funny if a referee took some took that seriously if they were going to book them for the foul and then they just you know didn't come over give them another yellow card send them off that'd well, that would be hilarious what
0: should you do it's an interesting <laughs> little question so for me an option would have been he could have run over to, or, or made direction towards the manager and then put a bit of pressure on the manager to do it or maybe there's a, a bit of I don't know a bit, why not book the, the captain for mm. a player disrespecting the referee it's an interesting one it's certainly um stop the um some of the um um shit Harris read that we see
1: yeah do you remember the respect campaign Ollie? Uh, never, I know never went anywhere <laughs> respect.
0: We, remember the you, remember you weren't supposed to kick the ball away yeah. after
1: a foul a few of those two, a few of those things have gone by the way so i remember we first started did this podcast and we talked about all the new rules they were bringing in about that sort of thing and I, I don't you know if we go back and listen to that first second podcast we did i can't remember when it was i'll bet you that a lot of the things we talked about on there just don't happen regularly um some of them do like you know people getting sent off on the other side of the pitch when they're injured or you know being substituted that that happens occasionally you do see that one but um yeah, not not good really. I highlighted my game before the before the late um goals happened at halftime. Went outside and had a burger rally, so um <laughs> I had a bit of a smile on my face at half time. Um so yeah, half time though, I I was just gonna say I didn't think Mansville were very good either, and I I still no. thought that we had a more quality in us to be able to step our performance up, but I, I was already thinking at half time it'll probably take a substitution.
0: Yeah, what would you have done?
1: I don't know, I don't know. It was one of those ones where it was even, so I wouldn't have made the sub at half-time. But I was thinking, if this game keeps going on 10, 15 minutes like that, it'll be bringing someone off the bench to maybe spark it into life, you know. Yeah. I don't know, bringing a dull one, maybe
0: this, just, maybe this is kind of links on the, to the goals and the sending off, mm. but maybe we were just matching each other up so much, yeah, yeah. that it was a bit of a stalemate.
1: They were definitely trying to like slow the game down a lot. and
0: Yeah, oh, they were wasting time from the start, standing in yes. front of free kicks... Um, they were clearly quite conscious of our, the, the step up in quality that we had.
1: Yep. Yeah, they were definitely there to take us back to Mansfield, I felt. And, you know, I think they st- possibly still felt like that when we went into 10M, which is a bit odd. But um, yeah, there was there was definitely a tactic to stifle and slow the game down. and And that then doesn't let us play really at any kind of tempo either. And it was bitty during that first half. And I think it continued. It did continue into the second half, really. I know that. You know, maybe Mansfield had a little bit better of a of a chance in that first ten minutes, but it still wasn't a great open game.
0: It was poor, and the game was really boring. It was cold, and it was a bit boring. Um, but the game finally woke up around sixty minutes, and and by this point, actually, there'd been a little bit of a needle between the players. I thought,
1: yeah, yeah, there was a little bit, wasn't there? I, I think the FA Cup games are a bit more passionate, aren't they, Ollie, for, for players sometimes? I think because it's, it's that knockout game. You know, everything's on the line. A league game, you know, you're going to play. Yeah, it can, you
0: can know, can just like die out into a draw, kind yeah. of. Yeah, but yeah.
1: You, you can, but yeah. with a league game, yeah, it, it, you've got forty of them, forty plus of them to come every year, and so you've got chances to to get and back you get at a it, bit it. More
0: familiar with each other,
1: yeah. But I, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't think that the, the sort of little bit of nid, niggle and needle there was, there was played much of a part in descending off when we get to that. I thought it did. You did. It's oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I thought because it was just I a one-off that, moment, really.
0: No, no, no. I thought, that, I thought there was something going to happen oh, after okay. that moment. So there was a couple of there was a foul um, which Norburn was involved in. Then they had a free kick, and then they kicked off again. And and the, when the ball was coming up, I thought that Norburn was going to get involved in something. And then it then it played out. He got sent off.
1: He was definitely trying to... I think we've decided we're going to have a chat about Norburn at the end of this podcast, aren't we, Ollie? Because yeah. there's been a, a lot of online discussion about his performances this season um, and where we're at with him, really. I, I thought, again, it was one of those ones where we've talked about this before, where he was kind of trying to fly into things and try and get things going. Because... I think he might be aware that his influence on the game wasn't much, really. Um, and so I think that, that that played a part in how he kind of got involved in the send-off. And you're probably right. It did kind of affect some of those moments you were talking about, which looked like it was a bit of a niggle. But um, I, I don't know. It was, a, it, it was a bit of a weird one, the sending-off, wasn't it, I think?
0: Yeah, it was a weird one. So for those who went there, like basically there had a bit of foul. <laughs> which was a, a lot of people, Ollie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, There's only 3,000 or something Christ. that attended. 451, I think, from Mansfield. Yeah. So basically the ball came forward. I can't remember if it was a free kick or a goal kick. Um, And then basically like the challenge um, and then basically Norburn went, had the kind of had the ball, balls bounced between players. One player went down on the, on the ground and then Norburn proceeded to kick the ball into the player. Yeah. Now I can only assume, I'd be interested to get obviously your view on this, Glenn. I can only assume that the the referee thought that Norburn kicked him, but he kicked the ball into him. Now he, he knew what he was doing. I have no doubt that he knew what he was doing, but I don't think kicking the ball into a player on the ground is a red card offence.
1: And I don't think he was malicious looking at it on the day either, you know. We I think far... he knew
0: what he was doing.
1: Yeah, but I don't think he was trying to hurt someone. I mean, he probably... Oh he was. You reckon? I don't yeah, know. So of hard he was. to tell. If I, player I watched... was
0: on the ground and he kicked the ball into him, he knew exactly what he was doing. He just had needle with that lad before. Mm. He knew exactly what he was doing. Maybe. Um He's a professional footballer. I think. I think. I think. Maybe you might be um, giving them a disservice in terms of how quick they can think. He was on the ground after he just had a niggle, and he kicked the ball into him. Now, I guess it's a yellow card for uh, unsporting behaviour. But no way it's a red card, and I think it will be overturned.
1: I would agree; it shouldn't have been a straight red, whether he meant to do it or not. You know, he probably ended up hurting that guy by kicking the ball into him, and it might have been unsporting. But that's a booking. I agree with you. You One of the things I've seen back on the replay is that if you look at what happens, is it's the Norburn that trips the guy that falls over, sort of then hurdles over him, and then sort of then sort of tries to hook it back. And I did wonder at one point whether the referee thought, well, I'm going to give him a yellow for that trip because it was a bit silly. And then I'm going to have to give him a yellow for the for the incident after it, and maybe that equates into a red card. And it's one of those ones where you'd like to hear what the referee, what you'd like to hear what the referee had to say to Ricketts afterwards as to what the specific reasons for a straight red were. Because for me, the combination of those moments could have given the referee good reason to send him off. But for that one individual incident of kicking the ball into an opposition player, for me, I, I would, I unless there was contact where he followed through, and I've watched a replay no, back. I don't think there was. Yeah. No. So. Again, why not? We, we've obviously we talked about this last week. We didn't think that the red card would get overturned for um, Pierre, which it did this week. So you know, why not go back to the EFA, uh, the FA disciplinary committee and see if we see if we get another win this week it might as well? It's not, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I suppose it's a it's a bit of a, a dubious one as well. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely, we definitely should appeal it. Mm. Um, obviously, it'd be interested to see what the referee said. Um, obviously, we will play it yeah. part. So yeah, it's one to one to watch as the week progresses.
1: Did Ricketts mention it? I, we don't. We will go through Ricketts' comments, but did he mention this in his post-match or not? Got yeah, to to he did.
0: He said he hadn't okay. seen it back, but he said that yeah. Ollie had told him that um, he hadn't done anything.
1: Mm. Oh, hopefully, someone in the press asks, gets a chance because they've got the the press thing before the EFL Trophy thing this week. It'd be nice if, if you listened to this, Lewis, if you could ask Ricketts a bit more about what the referee said about that, because it'd be it would be interesting to know why it was a straight red. Maybe he won't answer it, but there you go. <laughs> That's what I'd do if I was doing his job. Um, but there we go, but let's be honest the red card absolutely changed the game didn't it?
0: It did, it can change the game <laughs> completely.
1: In a, in a good way for the team that went down to 10 men, which is bizarre isn't it really? It's an
0: interesting one, so yeah I've got an opinion on this, how do you think the sending off changed the game, like what do you think the consequence of it was?
1: I think I think suddenly Mansfield thought we're down to 10 men, away here and there's a chance of us progressing through this straight away now um, without us having to try and you know do all the stupid stuff to get a replay so we'll open up a little bit more they opened up a little bit more but they weren't any more effective but that opening up did slightly open them up at the back for us to attack better. Um, So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. You would have thought they'd have attacked us and they would have started creating more chances. They never really did that but they certainly left enough space then for us sort of behind their midfield for us to take a bit of advantage of and I think that also, going down to ten men, we moved players into different positions, and they they just didn't really get to grips with it straight away either.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's just, it's just, I know oh, you've been reading my tweets. No, today, no, no, I, know you've been I haven't. All <laughs> day, I know exactly. That's why I'm saying. I know you haven't because you've been painting all day. <laughs> oh man, I but haven't. I totally agree. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you, Glenn. <laughs> oh, and it changed the balance of play. Yeah, and interestingly, when we scored, we scored from two counter attacks. So obviously, they were committing men forward. Uh, but it, it, it almost—I don't know—I I don't like the term "wake" to players up. But I think it meant that the players had to put a bit more of a shift in. Mm. Um, as you said, obviously Edward dropped back a bit more to play alongside Lauren. And I think Lauren just took the game by the scruff of the neff in that one moment. And God, he's such a good player. He's really improved. His his Massive. his, his assists has improved, his passing, as we mentioned in the first half to some of those balls to Edwards. Um, you know, he's he's a really good athlete, um, and we're seeing him progress as a footballer as well, and it's fantastic to see. It's He's definitely... I'd say he's one of my favourite Shruti Town players at the moment. He's really, really good.
1: I think, a lot, I think a lot of people would say that, to be fair. Going back to that, our agreement there, and I agree, I didn't read your tweets, but I think that the reason why we both are on the same page there is it was because it was pretty obvious to everyone that was there, wasn't it? What had happened? It was so... Clear what 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 mistakes they were making really. I know ah, some of how they people were saying
0: it. it. Some people were saying it's because Norburn had gone.
1: off. We'll come back to <laughs> well, well, I was only taking the mic when I said that. Well, it's to some respects, I suppose. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you know we've, we've talked about the reasons why for it. But um, yeah, they 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 missed a trick really because. I thought their performance from the sending off was embarrassing, Ollie. For a team that were playing ten men that could have progressed in the cup against a higher league opposition, they they not you know they haven't got an awful bad amount of quality players. I think they're probably good, spent
0: loads of money.
1: Yeah, good standard league two players. I thought that what they what they did was embarrassing to be honest. I'm sure their manager yeah. would be livid about it. But yeah, it, it did did free the game up really. We started we started to uh, sort of. Um, created a couple of chances. There was still not yeah. a massive amount of chances during that period up to the 88 no. minutes there, was there? Nothing that was clear cut from either team. No. Um,
0: Love should have scored that yes. chance, that cross uh, from the left. Yeah, you're right, superb actually. superb opportunity. I did
1: forget about that one. <laughs> that was a good chance. <laughs> That's um, only one in quite a long, in a yeah. half
0: of football. That's true. The goal.
1: Yeah, but we looked good on the character. We talked about um, Laurent and the way that he did it, but obviously that was what paid into the goal, wasn't it? Because, obviously 88 minutes comes along and we're, we're thinking Oh, I was already saying to my mates I'm definitely not going to Mansfield I'm definitely not going to Mansfield I probably would have gone to Mansfield um, but yeah 88 minutes and Laurent, you just, gone to Mansfield. <laughs> Laurent just suddenly got the ball stormed forward um, and played in a dough who'd come off the bench and, and had been doing okay um, he has a shot which the keeper sort of spam hands out and the deflection lands lovely at Laurent's feet and we used to complain about Lawrence finishing all the time, didn't we? Where he'd miss reasonably decent chances and he doesn't at the moment. Obviously, he scored a lot in the last few weeks but clinical little finish, you know, knew exactly where the back of the net was and he's playing with massive confidence and you can always say, oh, players all need confidence but there are some players that are proper confidence players and when they're confident, they're really, really good and I'm starting to feel like Lawrence like that. He, when he's really confident and playing like he is now, he's he's like feeling like he's unbeatable every week when he goes out on the pitch.
0: Yeah, and I think he'll, you know, he's 24 now, so he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's obviously a bit more settled. Maturing. Um yeah, he missed a few chances last year in a in a, in a failing team, but as as to say, <laughs> you know, him. confidence is everything in football. Yeah. Um and confidence and having a team around him which is a much higher level than the team that was last year. Um yeah, yeah he's, he probably doesn't feel as much pressure to score. Um, and he just took the game by the scruff of the neck in that, that one moment and a superb drive forward.
1: Yeah, and that that was testament to his whole performance, Ollie really, wasn't it? He yeah. he was like that for most of the game. He was definitely the most impressive town player, first half and second half for me. Um and and I'm glad that it was him that broke the deadlock really and and showed yeah. us the way forward. And his record in the FA Cup's is unreal, isn't it?
0: It is. He scored loads of goals in the FA and against higher level teams as yeah. well. Yeah. Um so those who weren't at the game, what happened? So Lawrence Dom's forward in central midfield. Um, he plays the ball to a doe, who's in a nice place, who does well, actually, really well to control the ball and get the b- ball onto his left foot. He has a shot. Um, it deflects off number four, which is quite funny, as what mm. we mentioned earlier. And then, um, then Laurent finishes nicely with his left foot. So, yeah, nice goal. And, yeah, it kind of woke everyone up and also made a, an excuse for us to move because at this point we were pretty cold. It was like <laughs> one degree or something.
1: A lot of people had already started to go home when we scored on 88. Yeah. It was that boring. It was that cold. And I think people thought... I should just go on and get on with some Christmas shopping at Sainsbury's on the way home or something. But um, yeah, so a lot, of people, a lot of people left and missed that one. And to be honest, when we were one it up, I think that most people thought, that, oh, that's it, 8-8 eight, eight minutes. By the time we got to 90, that game was won. I just, with our defence and the way Mansfield played, I didn't see us conceding, Ollie. I thought we'd done the job. Um, and the second goal was just cherry on a cake, really. But my mum and dad were freezing, and they left before the second goal. They don't normally do this, to be fair. But we, my brother pointed out they were leaving on, say, um, I think maybe it was like 91. They were trying to get home. And uh, obviously, what happened on 95?
0: Yes, The um, super cool Brad Walker would come on the pitch. <laughs> um so again town counter-attacked. This was really nice play from Ado, absolutely superb. So Edwards gets the ball, he goes to Ado. Ado does that number four Easy. as he mentioned in back, yeah. who's yeah, a bit of karma for that lad. Um and then he does then he a superb through ball kind of sideways through ball into Walker and then Walker has the calmness to, to kind of delay go past the keeper and then slot it home and then not only did he do that he stood arms abreast in front of the Mansfield fans <laughs> who um, gave him a little bit of their peace of mind I thought it was it was a really nice goal by two players that have come in this year and just yeah capped off um, a nice game and um, a nice game capped off a nice win because at the end of the day everyone loves winning and everyone sco- loves celebrating goals
1: yeah, and it was good. It was a lovely way to end the Saturday afternoon. But it was weird why he have given him like a load of grief. Was it just because he think he was just being I don't ballsy, know. or I could think been he some, could. <laughs> Yeah, or something has happened in the past with him playing for another know. club? When, I, don't I don't
0: know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. He's I don't think so. He was hardly Paul isn't that close mm, to those no. guys, so was I don't really so. see a connection to, <laughs> to 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 Brad Walker and uh, Mansfield. But yeah, it he, he was nice. It was a good bit of fun anyway.
1: Between that free kick, he hammered in in the FL Trophy and the finish. Today, uh, you know, on Saturday as well you know, I've, I've been pretty critical on Brad Walker because at the start of the season he was god awful really wasn't he when he played in the in the league uh, and in the pre-season and in the EFL trophy when we played um, Rotherham and lost 4-0 maybe there was something with his fitness or maybe just adjusting to a slightly higher level I don't know but he's starting to show a little bit isn't he like yeah. we said about Edwards we didn't really get much out of Edwards last season but this season he's starting to be give more and more to the team just give Walker some credit, maybe the first time this season for me. I think that coming off the bench, he sat in midfield. He wasn't on for very long. Obviously, did what he needed to do with that finish. Great quick feet to, to leave the keeper sitting on his ass. You've got to give him massive credit for that, he? Yeah, a, he
0: got forward because the not slow, yeah. is he?
1: No, exactly. And he's more of a defensive midfielder, isn't he, from what we've seen. So being the man charging forward into the box might might be quite a rarity for him. But yeah, I'll give him some credit. He came on, he, he did his job and he scored a really good goal. So yeah, congrats to him.
0: Yeah, really nice goal. Capped off a obviously not an enta- entertaining game but no, a good win and everyone crap, loves the win man. and obviously Sam Ricketts came over got a lot of claps from the fans because yeah. At the end of the day, he's employed to win games, and he won the game.
1: And he's got, an, and he's got an unreal FA Cup record. He certainly seems to like the FA Cup, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, he does. Obviously, we had a big run last year under him, and 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 this year we seem to be into the third round again. So, you know, potentially an, another big chance to play another big team like um like uh, Wolves last year. So, yeah, uh, you know, he's, he might not have had it all together in the league since he came here and, and been pretty average, I suppose. But FA Cup cannot really complain, so that's good. And it's a kind overall... of
0: season, isn't it? This is the perfect kind of season. Um, like you know, where we've got the kind of the license and kind of the freedom to have a good cup run. You know, we're not going. We're not going unless we have a late <laughs> surge and get in the playoffs, which is possible. But we're not going. I'd be surprised if we got into relegation battle. So no. this is a, definitely the kind of season where you really want to have a bit of fun in the FA Cup. Does well, you had, a big,
1: you had a big you had a big rant last season about the FA Cup being a distraction, didn't you? When but you're in a relegation year, yeah, fight, yeah. yeah. This year you don't need to have that rant, do Because it's exactly. not really distracting us from mid table. <laughs> so it's fine. But I think my overall summary of this game, Ollie, was I turned around at the end and everyone was saying, I said. Basically, all's well that ends well. You know, it wasn't a great game, but at the end of the day, we got the result. So who cares? And and I, you know, I've said before on this podcast, I really, really love the FA Cup. So I went to Bradford the other week, and um, to be in the third round again, and and you know, have that draw on Monday night thing, of the excitement of it is great for lower yeah, league love, fans, love isn't the it? And FA Cup draw. so I can't, I can't wait for that tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, let's get. I say there's a there's a statistic out today, isn't there, that we've been drawn at home thirteen fixtures in a row now, which is basically mental if you ask me. Um, so yeah, let's actually get an away draw, and if we're going to get it, let's go to somewhere with a. Massive stadium, and let's make, out- yeah, let's make a load of money at Old Trafford somewhere. Yeah, let's make a load of money at this cup run this year.
0: Yeah, because just so for those who don't know, um, the, w- the way it works in terms the FA Cup money works is after exp- basically there's the gate receipts and all the money, then expenses is kind of chalked off, and then the- whatever re- remains is 50 50 between the two clubs. Yep, so yep. yeah, playing at Spurs or playing at Old Trafford is Canfield, yeah, it's, yeah, it's game changer.
1: Yeah, it'll be good. Oh, I can't wait for us to draw Rotherham away. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> or, great. Um, or a
0: non-league team away from home and there's any left? Uh, uh, yeah, that, I'm not sure mate. I'm not no, sure I don't think there is. I'm not sure maybe there's one or two. Um, but yeah. So um I think I think we've discussed Manfield Mansfield enough. I don't think anyone yeah. really want to squat them anymore. So nah. um, top three, um, I'll do mine first. So I went for Laurent first. Then I went for Love because he defensively was fine and he actually created quite yes, he missed that shot, but he created a few really good goal scoring opportunities. And then third, I went to Edwards because I thought he put in a, you know, a bit of a, um, a really good shift from a physical point of view. Perfect. Yeah. You know, and I thought he was a really good, had a really good performance. Um, so, and I thought I'd just put a, a note that I think considering Odo only came on for a short period, he was really, really good. Um, and maybe, um, you know, he'll be fighting for the other two strikers for a starting place soon
1: he's he's definitely going to make Faye have to work hard to get a start, I think. Or, or Cummings as well, yeah.
0: why not Cummings? Uh, I thought Nibiri yeah. was better than Cummings yesterday.
1: Possibly, yeah, yeah, just not a bad show actually. Um, I would agree with you on Man of the Match, though. Laurent, easy Man of the Match, he obviously won all the sponsors of Man of the Matches, he'll win the, the player vote thing they do on the app, he'll win all of them, Um, and rightly so, he's definitely the man in form, and, and the man who's, like we always ask for, stepping up to the plate, he definitely is. So, great performance for him. I also went for Edwards, but I went for him for second. I actually think his, his experience and... and um calmness on the ball at times is something that we really, really need. Um and yeah, when when there were certain parts of the game, you can see him talking to the younger players sometimes, Ollie, it's something I noticed yesterday. He really does have an influence on the field as a sort of he's not the captain, but he's he you know, he can do that role as well from, from that years and years of experience. So thought he was really good. And I went for I wanted to go for one of the two one of the two well, I wanted to go for one of the centre backs. Um I didn't I, I thought that Banks Lendell and, and Pierre were probably shaded it of the two. I didn't think Williams was quite as good as those on Saturday. But Um, eventually I went for Ebanks-Landell another clean sheet and he made an unreal block in the second half I can remember Um, and he was just really solid really good won all his headers didn't give Maynard much of a chance when he ran up against him and also tried to come out with the ball a few times so yeah but it was quite close to him and Pierre because I thought Pierre did well when he came out a few times and and almost set a goal up so all in all good
0: can't complain about that got the win and yeah into the next round so what does Sam Ricketts have to say Um, yeah delighted at getting through Um, we talked about the first half so we couldn't get our shots away um, and then he thought when we met down to ten men, we were, were excellent and had some really good possession to play.
1: We were, yeah.
0: Um, the yellow, remember when Goldblum got booked for that yellow card? No. <laughs> um, and basically, their player admitted that he never touched him. Oh right, okay. So that just kind of sums up Mansfield's um, kind Oof, of approach to God. football. Um, he was really, and then he said he's really pleased for Josh played really well, and he thought he uh, made a really good impact, and I thought the clean sheet he thought was really good, excellent, he gave us a platform. Um, Josh was interviewed after the game, so I thought I'd listen to that. So, Brilliant. what did he have to say? He was over the moon. Um, you know, you he he mentioned it was tough work, and the gaffer said, "You know, we've got to get back, better in the second half." Um, you know, it shows shows character from the lads that they kept on going. Um, and he said that, you know, glued into what we said and also what Sam Ricketts has said that they moved the ball really well when they went down to ten men. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, he gave a bit of insight in terms of what the players were talking about after the game. So, in terms of a dream tie, so Heath said, "Man United away." Um, and then he said, he said, he said before he would have said Spurs, but they started pick up a few results, <laughs> um, and it's really funny they actually fancy quite a few of the lads fancy United, United away because they think they could get something, which is to show you how far Man United have fallen. It does, um, and
1: it's exactly what I said on the podcast last week, Ollie, when we were talking about the FA Cup. I said that'd be the one because I think you know, Man United would be gettable, and they wouldn't play their first team. They play more. They play some of their reserve young lads who struggled against Astana in the Europa League the other night and I can't imagine Astana are much of a team so I agree with Josh there that would be the one I think if you were ever going to draw a big team and think there's a chance to actually win it would you ever have thought when you were growing up it would be say United as the answer to that probably not no no it's
0: funny (laughs) isn't it how things change. Um, yeah. And then people might have wondered why he ran over and where he ran away when he scored and he ran to his little daughter who was at his first first game. Oh, and wow. then it's really interesting as well, um, the comment. He said that Dean Whitehead has had an impact since he's joined and he does some special training with the midfielders. So I thought it was a little interesting insight.
1: Yeah, it is. Good spot, yeah. And most people want to pick that up. It's good to see that we've got new coaching staff coming in and having an impact straight away. So fair play to him. He's the man of the moment, Josh, Josh Laurent. And um, I'm hoping that we, uh, yeah, hoping he can have another big performance in the next round. So, We'll we'll leave that game there, and we're going to move on to a bit of a Salopcast debate, the predictions, a bit of a chat about a few things, and uh, and then we'll wrap it up. So we we'll move on to that now. Speak. Here's Brown again. Look for the return ball. David May can't get there. Summerfield, it's there. So into Salop news, really, or more more Salop debate this week, really, I suppose. We've got a few questions for each other, or sort of questions we've seen fans talking about this weekend. But let's start with the obvious one. We're into the next round of the FA Cup, Ollie. And we just briefly talked about some of the places the the the, the club wants to go um, and the players want to go, but where do you want to go in the next round?
0: Pool. Old Trafford, Spurs, United, something like that, um, okay. away from home.
1: I, I I would agree with all those. I I'd, I'd like I would quite like to go to Anfield. I know we'd get absolutely gubbed, but um, as a kid growing up, I, I Liverpool my second team, and I went to Anfield loads when I was younger, and it'd be quite nice to. Go back to there for the first time in a few years. So I would, I would like to go to Anfield. Or um, I was thinking of, for me personally, grounds I've never been to, um, you know, that you could sort of tick off. Uh, if I was going to do it as well, I think Newcastle would be a good one as well. St. James' yeah. Park is a ground I've never been to. So, yeah, me too. Um, Leeds United I'd... away. Yeah, I never went to that Leeds Cup game. We played them in the League Cup, didn't we? Uh, away f- Away from home in the first round about. Was that mid 2000 something like that? I I missed that. I was a I was away on holiday still. So yeah, that's another one that a few people might not have been to. So that'd be good good one to tick off. They're pretty good, though, Ollie again. So we'd have to yeah. be careful. But yeah, it's so the draws tomorrow night. Just so everyone knows. So we are ball forty seven, which is interestingly the same age as Joe Murphy. Um, and the draw it's on BBC two. Um, so yeah, seven pm. Um, and that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Next thing we were going to talk about, and we we've not really mentioned him during the review of the game Ollie because it's become a bit of a an interesting discussion topic. Um. Ollie Norburn, our most expensive player in our history of our football club. People are getting, and I've been talking about this the last few weeks, haven't I? About how I'm, yeah. I've been disappointed in his performances, and I think that that, and I, I don't. I, and I did a
0: tweet in the middle of the game, which. Got quite a lot of responses, yeah. and I said I can see why people are getting a little bit frustrated with him.
1: And this isn't a witch hunt, and this is not no. me saying he's Ian Black crap. He's not, you know, he's not. But let's put you we've know, got some
0: stats to kind of have a discussion around yeah. as well. So but my point is,
1: I'm normally on these podcasts when we get down on a player, it's because they're total shit. You know, think about some of the bad players under Ashley last year; we'd slag off because they were just awful. They were, they would they were hampering performances. They were making mistakes. I don't think that's the case with Ollie Auburn. Like. I think I think it's just because he's been bang average a lot of the time and he's never really stood out in any games this season for me really you know he scored the occasional goal didn't he what was it the week, week before he last week scored two in, goals yeah. yeah even in that game he didn't stand out and and it started a wider debate as to who is our best midfielders would you accept a bid for Norburn or would you accept a bid for Norburn in the summer right now having looked back lots of different things I don't know what, I've, I've had more of a say on Norburn over the last few weeks so I'll, I'll leave this bit to you but where are you at with Norburn at the moment
0: yeah I think, I think well first it's almost do the stats let's do one side of the argument first so from a stats point you scored two goals um, same as Josh Laurent you scored two but yep. um, Sean Goss and Edwards haven't scored in the league so these are all league stats because it's hard to get stats in the FA Cup mm-hmm. um, in terms of assists he hasn't got any assists which no. I think is part of the reason why people get a little bit frustrated and it's a it's a stick to beat him with yep Um in terms of you know his shots per game you know he has a few shots he's like 1.3 shots per game so that's not crazy no. um killer passes um you know not as good as Sean Goss interestingly goss is 1.7 wow. um, and ollie Auburn's less than 1 um, <laughs> and Josh frostman is ahead of him um so these are all stats are all online actually I should, should actually give credit to phil phil thomas created this yes. these stats again and they're available on twitter um fouls per game he's up there the most but then, interestingly, his passes per game is higher than everyone else's, mm. and interestingly, he's our number one tackler in the league, even more than the central defenders. Wow. So, I can understand why people have been a little bit critical in terms of his offensive play. But I would say that he's probably playing a little, he's playing a role where he's making a lot of tackles. He's probably doing he's doing a lot of passes to start things. Um, so, I while I can understand why people are expecting a little bit more from his offensive play. Um, I'd never go as far to say, you know, he, he's playing badly. Um, I think he's just having a little bit of a different role um, potentially to, to Laurent.
1: I think that's a very fair justification. It's statistically based. And and I think that, you know, I'm one of those ones where I kind of question what he's doing. And I, and I did mention it last week. Do you, you know, is that price tag hanging over him? Do, do people think as a football club that spent a, a fair amount of money for what we earn, should we expect more from him in offensive and uh, positions? But if he is the one that's been sitting in there a little bit more, and I suspect between all the midfielders, he must have played the most. Because he might, have, he must have played more than Josh Laurent just. I imagine it's closer. So, you know, you, you've given him a good chance this season. I, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's one to keep an eye on, isn't it? Because he's definitely getting outshone by Laurent week in, week out now. But is that because he's providing Laurent the platform to build from, to run from, and look impressive now? And without Norburn sitting a little bit deeper and, and preventing, you know, counterattacks... Would Laurent be playing as well? It's it's an interesting
0: one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um I think it's it's probably one of those things where people like yeah, don't necessarily see the kind of the dirty work and some of the link play yeah, he does. Yeah. But yeah, you get a couple of assists, and have a few standout performances. Um I think also maybe because he was so good last season and was one of our better players, maybe people are saying that. So and he's seen other players kind of around him perform yeah. at a higher level. So yeah, I'm not saying he should be dropped at all. Um it's just no. an interesting one. A couple of assists, a couple of good through balls and stuff. Um, would probably um, yeah would be um, good to back him in terms of in terms of performance if that makes sense.
1: He's playing at a level where if he is that one that's sitting more deep week in week out, which has started to be the case, he's, he is playing at a level where you, it's getting to a point where you would question if Goss was fully fit that he should start every now and again you know you'd like to see Goss be given the go in the Norburn role personally and so i, I don't think so. he's not going to get dropped because he's club captain and and he's obviously doing a lot behind the scenes as well which we've not even discussed but there is probably an argument to say that at one game every now and you know to to see how it works that Goss could play that role Norburn's playing and i bet it wouldn't be much different but i don't know you'd, you'd have to do it and you'd have to be able to judge it on 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 the game that happened so i i just want i think it's a fair point because i was quite down on him last week and i'm still I'm still thinking there's more there, a bit like Cummings, and um, you know, we have and let's we've talked about our opinions, but it's it's clear there are a few people feeling a little bit down on Norburn at the moment.
0: Yeah. But then at the same time there's quite a few people defending him and, yeah, and saying true. he's doing very a good true. job. So yeah, yeah, interesting one. Interesting one. I'm sure that one will rumble on.
1: He's definitely not at the level he was at Wally, yeah, for last season, you're right. But yeah. you know, is that the role or is that him just being a bit off form? It probably needs another five to ten games to be able to really see that for, for sure for me. Um so there we go.
0: Cool. So here's a question for you, Glenn. Right. So, okay. what do you make? So, this, here's a scenario. So, the scenario is, um, someone leaves the club, and there isn't a statement. So, what kind of what one of conclusions do you draw from that? <laughs>
1: Oh, we've had, the, we've talked about this lots of times, haven't we? Because the, the club sometimes, it's a, it's a crapshoot about who gets an announcement when they leave the club. But particularly for long-serving members of staff, right? Um, the, on that scenario, I think it's a bit unprofessional. I think that if someone's worked for you in a capacity, particularly if they've done a half-decent job, you should have the respect to just put out a thank Especially you. Especially in the say, football
0: club, you know, we're obviously not talking about our businesses. but Yeah, it just, make, just makes us look club. a bit...
1: Looks, it makes us look a bit shit, really, doesn't it? A bit Timpot movie. maybe. Yeah. So, yes, yeah,
0: the reason I say that, and obviously that was a bit of a cheeky link in, that um, um, Adam Henshaw has left the club.
1: Yeah, he has, hasn't he? And, and obviously yeah. he's been here, he's the, I think people say he's the last remaining staff yeah. member that was here Someone before... Someone said
0: the purge is complete.
1: <laughs> oh, God, the purge. You know, we did talk about Ricketts purge, didn't we, a while back, and maybe he's the final one of it. And he's moved on to uh, a a fellow League One club which is interesting so he's not stepped up the pyramid Um, so he's taken all of our transfer targets for January through with him to Doncaster so I'm sure everybody that Doncaster buy in the January transfer window will just be able to say "Oh, we were after him Um, but Interesting to lose him just before the window. I suspect that the work we've done for what we would do in January had probably been completed a few months ago. I think I heard... Um, God, I don't know where I heard it now. I was listening to someone talk about the transfer dealings on, on the radio this week and they were saying basically everything that everyone wants to do at January has pretty much already been sewn up other than and other than a few last-minute deals, which I thought was interesting. Um, so hopefully it doesn't affect us there. And obviously a new guy will probably come in soon. And um, yeah, hopefully they'll get some, some some things lined up for the summer. So... I don't think it'll really affect us too much. but um, I think
0: I disagree.
1: Do you? Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Go on. Yeah, so it's interesting. Remember when Paul Hurst joined? Paul Hurst, one of the things he was excited about was having more staff. And yeah. I remember, he particularly talked about having an analyst. Um, and Adam's got a really interesting role. So, like, you know, most big clubs, you'll have kind of a team performance team who manages the performance of the team and does all the scouting. And then you also have a recruitment team. But Adam does both, because obviously mm. we've got a smaller team and less resource. He'll also decide who's going to be scouted, and he'll also support the team on a on a pre-game and a um, kind of analysis of the game, and also preparing for the next game. So I think losing him is is a, is a bit of a loss, and depending how quickly we can get someone in, and depending how quickly they can pick up um, the process, it's it's going to be a bit of a challenge. And also, it's one of those areas where everyone's going to have the kind of own take on how to do it, and maybe mm-hmm. someone coming in will maybe kind of rip up what Adam has done. Now, the reason I say all this and is I listened to, really interestingly, uh, this week, um, the TIFO Football Podcast did an interview with an analyst from Millwall who okay. really explained in detail what he, what they do and also explains kind of how they add ratings to players and all the work they do, which for me gave me a bit of an insight into the amount of work that they do. So for me, you know, if you change jobs or someone took over your job, you know, you got moved on, you got promoted, you'd have a bit of a handover and maybe they'd change kind of the approach. So I think... I'm not sure if it's gonna directly, you know, impact on results but I think it's going to impact our preparation for results which then could essentially indirectly link on results that makes sense
1: Possibly, I agree with you, I assume that all the research that's done is the football club's research essentially, so it's like that would all be on our yeah, data, yeah that might
0: be our IP We, we don't
1: lose there. that data, I agree with you no. what you're getting is a new member of staff coming in and, and taking up that role and for all we know we might just there's an there's a junior analysis there isn't there that does the youth team and stuff Please and prob- so. probably is involved in first team duty so maybe in a temporary capacity they'll take that role for the next few weeks while they find someone else who equally qualified as Adam Henschel to come in and do the job. But I agree with you, it can unsettle it, I suppose, yeah. at this stage. Um, and I guess it depends. We don't really know how much of an impact that Ricketts is having in a lot of this stuff now, maybe compared to Paul Hurst or John Askey previously. It might be that there's Ricketts has wanted more control of it. I haven't been to those interviews with him. I wouldn't be off off that surprised if Ricketts was way more into being a part of that analysis. You know, when we've spoken to them and, and Pitts about it as well, they're pretty big on that sort of stuff. So maybe it's, you know you do need someone like Adam Henshaw to run that team and, and, and the recruitment side of it as well. But maybe Ricketts is reasonably comfortable with it. You, you can't tell. But I, I expect we'll have someone in post within a week or two.
0: You'd hope so. But I think it's just worth giving kind of respect to because we signed, I think, you know, transfer dealings over the last few years have been pretty good. Yep. And um, we signed some, obviously, con- he contributed to the Paul Hurst success um, and also, you know, contributed to the players we've been talking about today. So Ollie Norburn, um, Josh Laurent, um, so, you know, so the players... Williams. Love, Williams. Yeah, so we've... I think the, the... the Adam's definitely leaving a good legacy in terms of signings and I'm not surprised that Doncaster have poached him away. So, good luck to him. and yep. um, yeah, yep. be inter- It's a bit of a shame the club didn't put a statement out about him because I think, for me, for Mar- as a fan, he looks like he's done a good piece of work. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens in this role.
1: I'm literally just checking the uh, the Shoesby Town website now only just to check we haven't missed anything. No, I did uh, check No, it out. There no is isn't. an interview with Marv... <laughs> There is an interview with Marvin Morgan, though, so that'll be yeah. worth watching later. Um, there's all this Fresh Ego Kid stuff, isn't there, which is uh, quite interesting. So, yeah, there we go. No, I can't see anything either. Actually, so, yeah I've got a
0: funny um, Fresh Ego Kid story, actually. So Have there's you? this guy, Um, when I was on holiday, was wearing a Fresh Ego Kid hat. Um, yeah. So me being me, <laughs> and not afraid to talk to anyone. asked him, said, oh, you like, you like Marvin Morgan? And he had no idea what the fuck I was going on about. People, <laughs> people
1: wouldn't, would they? No, it's, no, it's a big rant now that's in loads so, of shops, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas when he started it, it's interesting. I was reading the the press version of this interview, and he's talking about how when he first set it up, he had uh, what was it like? Oh, I've forgotten the name of the players now. The players Jacobson, that were there. Like him, Jacobson that, yeah. and and a few of the others were sort of helping him take stuff to the the post office that's down by the station, and he used to live near there. And just imagine it's gone from that little thing in his back uh, in his back room of his house in his flat, living in Shrewsbury, where he's not from, to this pretty multinational, you know, international business. You got to say clever bloke and fair play to him
0: it's a good success story and yeah fair play to him he seems like a nice guy
1: yeah, he does. He does from the interviews as well. And he's obviously got a, a fair bit of time for this football club as well, which is yeah. great. So fair play to him. Um, and he also did promise he'd play for the wasteporters uh, on Twitter a few weeks back, and um, then he signed for us. <laughs> then he signed for another team, so we had to put that on hold, which is a shame. But one day I'll get Marvin Morgan to play for the fans team. That will be brilliant. Um, and we're not talking about the fans team, Ollie, because we got heavily beaten by West Brom yesterday. So that's not being talked about in this week's uh, salad news. No, um, over that. <laughs> yeah, the boards have given me the back in for another week, but uh, I'm like Marco Silver. I'm one game away from the sack, I think. Um, but yeah, let's just finish this one off then. Really, predictions. You Got it
0: right last week. You got you went for a 2 0 win. I did. I went for a 2 0 win, so yeah, back in the game, closed the gap. Um, so you got it right, semi right, in terms of you got went for 3 1. So yes. you got a point. Yep. Um, I got three points for getting it, so it's 10 7 now. So, um, yeah, still got a fighting chance of winning the prediction league for the season.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and we've already predicted Oxford, so we don't need to do that <laughs>
0: we did, or <that laughs> like well, I've forgotten ago. about I've deleted it, so yeah. <laughs> I, we need to predict Oxford again, so what are you going to go for? So away, oh, Oxford?
1: I thought we should have stuck with the old one now. we change it because it's been so long. I can't isn't. remember
0: what it was now.
1: I know, I can't either. It was on the old agenda, Ollie. We could have checked. But uh, let, let's re-predict it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for us to lose 2-0. They're okay. pretty good, Oxford.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for a one or draw.
1: Okay, good stuff. Let's leave it at that, then. Um... Well before we leave it at that, we have got two games this week, haven't we? We should just mention we've got an EFL second round of the of the trophy um versus Man City. I won't be going to um, and then yeah Oxford on Saturday so busy week this week and uh, we'll have a fair bit to talk about next week but we just want to wrap this podcast up didn't we talking about the fact it's 1st of December today um, so we're 25 days away from Christmas and we always do a Christmas special don't we Ollie and, and um, we've not really announced what we're doing so far so we thought we'd do that on this view on this episode 2 or 3 weeks in advance um, so yeah we're going to do uh, a Christmas special this year on the the Shusup Town Team of the Decade um, so, obviously, we're coming up to the end of the, the 2010s, aren't we, Ollie? Um, and it's always a good chance to take a step back and think, right, like, who was your team of the decade there? So, what we're going to be doing this week is launching a, a survey to all fans, um, putting it out on the usual channels Twitter, Facebook, Facebook groups, Blue and Amber, um, anywhere that fans sort of congregate, really, and trying to get everybody to sort of congregate a, a sort of, I don't know, what is it, crowdsource, really, a view of what Town fans' th- thoughts are of the last 10 years and particularly who the best players are. In a four-four-two formation. So yeah, look, keep an eye out for that later this week. It should be interesting. And, yeah, and um,
0: for those, yeah, I'll just—I'll probably say this. Glenn's probably better coming from me. Go on, yeah. Taking your love of Excel and your data, but those <laughs> players uh, for, for and who played in the last ten years, Glenn has very kindly created an Excel that has goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and strikers who has played in the last ten years and how many yeah. games they played. So. Yeah, you don't even have to think too much about the players; you can just glance, glance <laughs> on the list. Um, yeah, it's it's good to see the make the team. So yeah, fair play for that, Glenn.
1: That's right; it's, it makes it a bit easier for people, doesn't it? And yeah. as part of the the Christmas special, we're going to be taking in the fans' views, and me and you will discuss that, and then announce the sort of Salopcast team of the decade, really. But we're also going to be doing a little bit of on. the... I'm going to be on the road visiting a few guests we've had on, a few sort of people who are associated with Shrewsbury Town to get their views on it, really. So it'll be a bit of a a bit of a documentary style and then, and then a summary and a, and a final team really so yeah. something exciting to look for and if we've got a lot of content we might roll it into a sort of New Year special as well where we might discuss games of the decade um, worst games of the decade best and worst managers of the last 10 years and just you know like we did a review of the conferences in sort of a re- review of the last 10 years really so yeah always a good time to take a, take a breather I think the club's in a way better position than it was this time 10 years ago wasn't it so um, yeah. yeah it's been, been a good 10 years we shouldn't really complain about that
0: no no definitely hasn't so (laughs) I think that yeah that draws a close to this episode good stuff so yeah thanks everyone for listening thanks for your contributions on twitter and the Conversation. It's yeah, part of the fun of doing the podcast.
1: Damn right. Yep. Keep it going. It keeps keeps it fresh, and it, it also me- means that yeah, I think the best thing about it is that we do pay attention to what people say on Twitter and and Facebook and any emails that we get. We do get emails and stuff and, and other bits of um, content and people contacting us, and we do you know roll that into trying to try and represent everybody's views as much as we possibly can. Obviously, this is me and you talking every week, Ollie, but we try to to bring up these different things, which is where the Nor- Norburn conversation came from. That yeah. it's something that was definitely talked about this week. So yeah, hopefully everyone appreciates that and. Uh, yeah, I'm missing Oxford Ollie just to wrap up. I hope you're going because otherwise, I don't know what we're going to do.
0: Um, I might go, I'm not sure yet, <laughs> but if not, we'll maybe get a guest Yeah, and I'll probably be gotten for punishment and watch the game back.
1: Yeah, I'm having my f- a game off just for the busy Christmas period. So, uh, yeah, everyone that's going, enjoy the game and we'll catch you next Sunday. Oh!